Broadcasting from Ireland, featuring interviews with some of the biggest names in magic, welcome to the Deceit Reality Podcast with your hosts, David Peace and Steve Spade. And we are back. Welcome to the first Squid Game of Magic that we're going to be having here with the no. <laughs> new enforcer. <laughs> no, no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. Some, somebody got a Christmas present early. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. This is the only mask I'm going to wear in, in, in 2023. That's it. I'm wearing this all the time. <laughs> uh, that's a coming. And but before we go too far, I better introduce a special guest for the Christmas special. We thought who would be the best person to get on for Christmas? The person who does seances and works in a haunted house. I think that was the perfect Christmas guest. So Joe Diamond is here. Joe, hey, how are you doing? Hey, the carols hey, say it. There will be scary ghost stories and tales of the glories of Christmas is long, long ago. So we're we're here. Uh, and and a Christmas Carol is a straight up ghost story, so it's yeah. you know it works. Ghost of Christmas Pass will be here pretty soon, and we'll have that going through it. Yeah, yeah, someone that got shot in the head and Squid Games will pop in later on. <laughs> okay, so one of you needs to wear the white gown, one of you needs to wear the wreath for presents, and <laughs> yeah. I'll just pull uh, pull a cloak up for future. It'll all work out. It'll be fine. We'll get through it. So. Thanks, Joe, for coming on. We really appreciate you coming back again. Our Thanks first for asking guest. me back. Uh, this is uh, this is a joy. I, it's been I mean, we've all chatted, uh, you know, off the podcast yeah. since then. Uh, you guys have come to like some of the virtual shows and have hung out uh, online and such, and it's been great. And it's cool to be back on the podcast. And it's you know, any excuse to chat with either of you is always. Yes, absolutely. So like, I, think, I think you commented when, when I messaged back on Instagram, like you were like, wow, we weren't even done typing the next part of the message and you would message back. Like, yes, I'll come back exactly. Now. Yes, I'll be on the podcast. Like awesome. I'm slightly stalkerish, but you know, it's fine. It's good to have it, but we, we, we hey, appreciate it. It's not it. stalking if we're all doing it. Exactly. That makes <laughs> it's, sense. It's, okay. it, it's a stalking circle. That's all that matters. But since you've been on, you've been obviously doing a lot of performances and things have been opening back up. How have you find getting back performing in person and that sort of stuff with uh, this new world we all live in? Uh, it's so it's been good. So I'm in I'm in the American Midwest. I flew to Texas a couple times this year, both to film uh, Scam Nation and Modern Rogue with Brian Brushwood, but also just had a random corporate event there. Uh, as well a couple weeks ago, which was neat. At, you know, after the event, I got to go hang out at uh, Modern Rogue HQ and and, and hang nice. out with everyone and everything. That was that was nice to hang out and just hang out. Uh, but uh, but it's been good. I've I've definitely noticed there's. I was really worried coming back because there are so many horror stories of people being rude to servers and not wanting to mask and not wanting to follow rules and everything and. Okay. I think the people who are coming, at least at, at least in my experience, I know there are some performers who don't have the same experience that I do, but I've been really lucky in that the people coming to these events want to come to the event. They're okay with masking up. Uh, I mean, I, I worked at the Chicago Magic Lounge a couple months ago and everyone needed uh, to be masked in the audience and uh, present a vaccination when, when they come in. And to work there, you have to have your uh, vaccination card. And uh, everyone was fine with it. You know, I mean, theoretically, you know, the people, the chance for them to be jerks was, you know, when they were getting tickets or yeah. calling the box office. So by the time they get to the performers, it's, uh, you know, we don't have to worry about. But even with my own ticketed events where it's it's me, you know, greeting people and bringing people in, people have been 
have been pretty, uh, pretty flexible, pretty okay. If people are exceedingly nervous, they usually will buy an extra seat uh, yeah. uh, between them. Um, so, so, you know, the people who are on that edge, you know, typically are good at, you know, being self-sustaining. I know that's not the case everywhere, uh, in the world or let alone, you know, my state. Uh, but, uh, at the same time, uh, I think people, at least with, with magic, mentalism, the performance arts, like they, the, the big thing that I think people really have noticed and why it, it flourished so much during lockdown virtually is because it offers people that direct connection. And I think the people who are craving that understand that and want to, um, uh, they, they understand that in order to make the connection, it's not all about me, 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 it's about us and what's best for us. So it makes sense that those types of people are being drawn to this type of performance in this type of venue. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think it's, you can see that sort of thing as well, where you're like, as long as everybody's being respectful and like over here, it's the same like to go Danny, you were indoors pretty much. You have to show your, your vaccine and masks pretty much everywhere. And it's just mm-hmm. notice like I found for myself when doing stuff is just instead of having someone touch a card, maybe they say stop or yeah. trying to do stuff hands off. I think people feel a lot more comfortable with that sort of stuff. Have you been doing? Yeah. Yeah. I've definitely stuff? switched up to a lot more hands off stuff. Not, not as much just cause you know, people, Again, there, there's not as much, there's not, like, it definitely happens, but it's not as prevalent as, like, airborne su- stuff and everything. So, yeah. people, I mean, I was worried if people weren't even going to, like, touch a card. Like, for the first few live shows back, I was like, hey, if at any point I ask you to pick something or select something or pick something, and you're not comfortable with it, just let me know. That said, whoever is comfortable be ready to jump in and keep everything moving. Um, and I think with with Dave, I was like, what's your name? What's your name? I'll write it on the card. Don't don't touch that Sharpie, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Don't use the same Sharpie over and over again. Uh, but I was also doing a lot of stuff before that, like per gig. I like whenever I do, you know, whenever I've done a house party, I've always left the deck as a souvenir. Uh, cause it's like, I don't want the deck that has three different parties hands all over it and such i do have a couple decks that they never touch that only i use that that, yeah there are more hands off uh but you know if i'm doing a house party show for everyone it's a it's a nice it's a nice for lack of a better term a ritual to crack open a fresh deck use it and then the the host gets the deck as a souvenir at the end especially uh, for house parties i usually close with something like out of this world that uses the whole deck and you know the own and so hands off and so fair that the only solution they can give to is even if it doesn't make sense is like maybe those cards are special in some way and when you just leave the deck there's just nothing um and, and you get to leave them especially at a house party where you get to leave them in that you know, separated situation on the table and say, that's it. Thanks so much. And you're, you're leaving the, the party and the cards are still there as evidence of the last thing you've done. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty nice for things like that. Uh, But there's also um, like, I've also been finding uh, plastic versions of props. Like for example, my, my cards for uh, Max Maven's Wave. Uh, great trick. I, I bought it on Penguin. I bought it years ago, but I rebought it on Penguin. But I did get some made uh, of my own that were plastic. Uh, so that way, after a gig, I could just wipe them down. So that way, if I did put them, you know, in someone's hand or on a table, you know, I can disinfect them no problem. Uh, I, I did 
like like I, I did become I think most people became like not germaphobes, but definitely more yeah. germ conscious. Like for example, mm. I, I cut my QA act. I don't want to reach into a bowl full of filthy slips of papers that everyone's hands were all over. No, thank you. No, no. I used to do a borrowed coin into my eye out my mouth, and now I'm just like, why? Why would I do that? Most people are asking that? it. Most people are asking at the time, why would I do that? But I think, I yeah, think yeah, a lot but of stuff now, coming out. <laughs> um, I it, have it done um too. virtually. I haven't done any in-person shows yet, but I did do a uh, human blockhead virtually a couple times, uh, for virtual shows. It's just it's- a COVID test. <laughs> It's a COVID test. Well, that's what's yeah. happening too. Everyone kept, everyone kept saying like, oh, is the human blockhead exposed now? It's like, was it exposed before? Like, wait, it's not a trick. People not, wait, what? So, <laughs> that, that was strange to me. Uh, but um, I saw, it, I was in a virtual show and Todd Robbins was in it and he performed it, which kind of made me go, oh, it can be done virtually. Uh, and I did it in one of my Halloween shows and it was great because I, I got to tell everyone, you know, some of you have seen this live and in person but you've never seen it this close. And I got to get right into the camera and all of that. I asked someone for their initials and, you know, initialed it on on the head of the nail, put it in, dropped in a glass at the end. And as a a gag that I saw in a lot of virtual shows do, I I use it for this. I was like, and if you uh, just uh, send me a private message of your address uh, in the chat, I'll send this to you as a souvenir (laughs) after the show. (laughs) No one ever put in their address. Uh, But, uh, but yeah, well, and the other thing too, with that, and I, I never have said it explicitly. Uh, Todd said it to me on a phone call once I used to host a radio show and he was on, uh, as a guest uh, a couple times. And when we were on the phone before one of the appearances, we were talking about it and he said something which I always knew but never really processed about human blockade. He said the reason people respond the way they do to it is because they feel like you're doing it to them. Yeah. Like it's kind of like a sympathetic magic. It's a type of voodoo. It's a type of mind reading. And I mm. did it and, and I said that. I was like the reason I do this is because all of you are squirming right now is not because I'm doing it uh, uh, to me. It's because you feel like I'm doing it to you. Even though we're separated by hundreds, if not thousands of miles, this is still having an effect on you in real time. And if that doesn't prove that we can connect each other's thoughts over the internet, I don't know what else will. (laughs) Yeah, I saw someone take a splinter out of a foot. uh, Like a medical thing. And I was like, I felt this. So like, that sort of stuff works. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So... I, I I definitely I, I will say uh, I still do virtual shows. Um, I think they're gonna, uh, especially with the way things are going. I mean, I think there will, at least for the next few years, be hills and valleys with it. Like I don't think it's mm-hmm. gonna ever gonna fully go away. Um, I have started doing uh, uh, I have started selling tickets for ticketed virtual shows again for the winter months, uh, just because. Why not? What else am I going to do on, on Wednesdays? Um, <laughs> I want to think positive. I don't want to say I'm doing it to also hedge my bets if, you yeah. know, we do have to, you know, lock down for a couple weeks again or something like that. But, like, you know, I'm trying to remain positive. But at the same time, tickets are available for eight weeks in January and <laughs> February. <laughs> Whenever, when else can you do a show from home and <laughs> just be like, yeah, well, ready yeah, to that's go. the thing, it's too. Great. Like, I've done these corporate events. I've done these... Uh, you know, I've done, there's been a couple families that have been, you know, sep- separated or can't travel yet, or it's just not doable, not, you know, completely aside from COVID and everything, they just can't all be in the same place. And they were like, Hey, can we hire you the night before Christmas Eve to come on for like a half hour and do stuff with all of us? 
And then, you know, you leave and we'll all stay on Zoom. I was like, yeah, perfect. Yeah. So yeah, you, uh, you've just exposed it now that like this, if this, this is going to get released the night before Christmas Eve. And oh. pe people who think it's live, yeah. We recorded this in July, so uh, oh, yeah, yeah, this is July. Just, so this things is July. are great, things are great. Yeah, things... nothing bad has happened. <laughs> no, since it's July. Nothing. Yeah, I just broke those Christmas tree in July. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's been fine, uh, absolutely. We've been flying through stuff. No, it's cool. I mean, I, I've done some stuff like that only this week as well. It was a like a family show like that as well from um Australia, and uh, it was someone that couldn't get back to Ireland and they wanted to surprise their family, so um. I was I was doing a lot of corporate ones and stuff, but but the, it was really fun to do it. It was it was such a yeah. such a nice thing to do, just kind of bridge the gap, you know, and make them feel a bit more Christmassy and a bit more at home. So it was awesome. Yeah, that, that yeah, was an awkward I, one I really though. Do feel? <laughs> what was that, David? Yeah, that was slightly awkward because they asked Steve. They were like, "We can't come home for Christmas now. Here's Steve Spade." <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, that's better than some of the live shows. I mean, who was it? Uh, uh Matt King had to perform after a funeral once. Yes, yeah. like like the college had scheduled double booked him and a funeral. Um, <laughs> and so he was like, Well, I'll go on after. <laughs> so like I know a magician yeah, who fine. performed that's... at a funeral. They hired a magician to perform for the kids at a funeral. Yeah. Yeah, tough gig. Yeah, tough gig. Um that'd be a good seance though. That'd be a great seance. <laughs> One knock for yes, two knocks for no. <laughs> uh, what was three mean? One kids. Uh, no, I Get think it's around. our jobs uh, as magicians, as mystery performers, and as artists to connect people. Like uh, on one level, from a uh, from a from a business standpoint, and uh, to some to some extent, a creative standpoint. Like if for the performers of all kinds, whether they're magic performers, you know, musicians, the ones who just took a break and didn't dive into the virtual realm. That's fine. I mean, the only reason to be in this industry is because you love it. And if you don't love it, you're an idiot because you're not doing it for the money. <laughs> I think it was Max Maven who said, if I was in this for the money, I'd be an idiot because there's so many easier ways to make a living. <laughs> uh, but I do think like at this time, artists, it's our responsibility to connect people, to give people hope, to make people wonder uh my my wife Lindsay, you know magicians always talk about astonishment you know oh we need astonishment yeah. in our in our mundane lives well life hasn't felt very mundane for the last two years and my, my wife said recently i said something about astonishment this magician was talking about astonishment and she's like i'm astonished every day I wake up and look at my phone i look at the news and i'm astonished at what's happening she's <laughs> like I need to forget. I need to just relax. You know, I need to connect. I need to, you know, all that. And and I think that, I think the magicians who were used to that astonishment side of things, which I think for some, not all, but for some is definitely a, a form of, you know, ego. It's very ego driven. Yeah. Um, it's also easy to explain away silence as, oh, they were stunned into silence. <laughs> or they, or they. Uh, it's easy to self, uh, self, self deceive yourself with that. Uh, but I think, I think we have a responsibility to, to, to connect with people and to reach out and, and, you know, I mean, how, how is it any different? I mean, it's way better when only two people show up at a virtual show than at a live show. I've had both happen yeah. to me and like, 
like the 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 two people at the in-person show were were fun and you know it was a good show and everything but then we had to like break down the set and drive home at a virtual show it was just like okay <laughs> fine and the way i've structured a lot of my virtual material is like the size of the audience doesn't matter quite as much you know we can um you know some of the best virtual shows i saw were just you know magicians just being real and connecting and talking with people mm -hmm. uh, and you know let alone like yeah some yeah the magic was good i think the magic i think magic does have to be good and deceptive and all that other stuff i think that's important that is the equivalent of like you know learning to sing or learning to you know play the piano but then when you're a jazz musician you gotta feel the audience and feel yourself when you're on that stage. You know, you gotta, yeah. you gotta connect. You gotta make that eye contact. You gotta uh, bring people together. And, and again, like for a virtual show too, the other aspect of it as well, like there are people, yes, there are some corporate events where like, yeah, everyone has to be there, but compared to like events where they have to be there in public, Virtual, I think, definitely has its its benefits from that because yeah. you can just you can literally just focus on the people who are engaged and just not worry about everyone else. Um, in person shows have been great. Uh, you know, I've gotten I've gotten more. I think this is. I, I worked really hard on my show during the lockdown, so I think this is a combination of that and how appreciative audiences are. I've gotten yeah. more standing ovations since coming back to in-person shows than for like the three years before the pandemic combined, like in the, like mm. the last six months. And again, I don't think that's because, oh, I'm so great. I think audiences are generally more appreciative, uh, of course. But that said, my very last in-person corporate event was in a not great room. It was very long. The odd the client purposefully didn't tell people they had booked entertainment. They wanted me to be a surprise <laughs> and <laughs> that never goes well. The, yeah. I'll tell you, I'll tell you the one time it does go well in a moment. Uh, but like I, but to give the audience uh, uh, some content that can be useful here, I think uh, I actually send out a buzz email uh, when the, when, when I get paid and I, and the agreement is signed, I say, great. I sent them my introduction, my show requirements. By the way, that client also didn't read those. That's fine. They're like, oh, we wrote up an introduction. Oh, you didn't have to. I got one laminated here. Here you go. Uh, the room also was not set up uh, properly, but we we fixed it. We made it work. But I, so in the buzz email, I have links to, now I have links to like, for example, a couple TV appearances, my coast to coast appearance, a couple modern rogue appearances as well, just stuff to get people excited, you know, a couple radio clips. I try to keep it, you know, relevant and, and up to date and such. Uh, the most recent, whatever most recent bit of press I try to put in there as well. And it says, and I do this for a couple of reasons. Number one, not everyone's going to see it, but enough people will know. So when I say, oh, I'm the entertainment, they go, oh, you're the mind reader. Oh, you're Joe Diamond. Oh, I, I'm wondering, you know, can you guess my passcode? Oh, we'll try later. So like it, it helps me do pre and post show work because people mm -hmm. already know who I am. Um, so that's that's great. And also there's more excitement at the beginning of the show. And when I am a surprise, yeah, they start quieting down and really focusing up after like 10, 15 minutes. And I try to explain to the client like, no, like 
we can we can start right out the gate at, at, at this level rather than working to get to this level. Um, again, part of being a professional, though, is to get them to that level anyway, uh, but or past it. And by the time I got to certain points in the show, people were gasping and saying no way and everything. And, and so it was it was fine. It wasn't like one of the epic shows where they follow all that stuff. But at the same time, um, I have more of those than I do this woman who didn't read any of that <laughs> yeah i showed up and they're like so where do you want to set up and it was this long and there were fireplaces at each end and i knew i was gonna have to be at one end of the room and i was like well i'm gonna be sweating at the end of the show because i'm performing literally in front of a heat <laughs> source uh and we had to tell everyone to gather in close so they weren't at the opposite end of the room because i had my speaker system but i don't know if you have these in ireland but um even before the pandemic a lot of these places were turning like their patios into covered like event spaces, like, like half tent, half, like just shelter yeah. space and everything, yeah. uh, which they can open up for a patio during, the, it was one of those spaces. So it just, uh, no noise. Like, like I, the, the speaker only went to halfway to the room. And even that, when we packed everyone in, it was, and it's a powerful little speaker. Yeah. Uh, so, but it's a good thing I brought it because big surprise, the venues speaker, did not work. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so having that buzz email, even if it's just a clip of you at another party or, um, you know, a celebrity testimonial or a clip of you on a podcast or, or something, um, just to let people know, like, hey, this is going to be, because at least with mind reading, and I don't know what this is about me, um, Whenever I'm brought in as a surprise and they say, this is the surprise, for some pe reason, people say, and I don't know if they're joking and I don't know if they're serious, but people go, oh, stripper. Yeah, <laughs> I get that all the time as well. <laughs> they're just like stripper like, straight away. And my, my line for that, <laughs> if that does happen to you, is I say, yes, the only difference is it's going to cost $20 to leave. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the line I use for that. I think um, the speaker thing is a great tip as well because it's like it's something I put in my boot the whole time that like no no matter when because anybody who showed up to a wedding just to hear the speeches you you can tell that the microphone doesn't work at all yeah. because the speeches yeah, are yeah just getting, always getting horrific. a spare my own spare yeah my own spare speaker and uh uh my handheld mic uh, has been uh, already in the last few months I got it that was my big purchase coming back to in person shows for uh for the pandemic i was about to but then the lockdown happened uh and and again like a, a hot tip i think drew beckenstoss uh, talks about this on his uh penguin lecture and something i'm going to start doing uh for times like this is say oh um and if uh if they don't have one you can rent my uh my speaker for an additional fee and then you add another 50 100 250 whatever onto that um, does mean you're stuck at the event. So that's kind of why I haven't, uh, done that. But even yeah. after this event, uh, the, uh, CEO came up and took the mic and the booker was like, well, Joe's got to go. We should let him have his, his mic back. Like, it's <laughs> fine. I'll just reset over here. You give out the, the awards. Um, but anyway, well, at that event, I told the woman, I was like, well, you know, I told her, you know, the line about the strip. She's like, no one's going to think that. And I was like, okay, well, I want to win some people over. So I went to the far end to perform for those people, to give them a reason, like, hey, get up and come over here. It's going to be worth it, you know, like to, to show them that. And when I said I was part of the entertainment, someone said stripper. And I was like, hang on a second. 
And I called the woman over and say, say what you just said. <laughs> like, <laughs> that was even more psychic or right. Uh, uh, from that, uh, from that standpoint. But, um, but yeah, just having, having that, that buzz email that they can just copy and paste and, and send to people has, has been, and it's not long. I think it's like a paragraph, maybe two. Um, and it's got some links, you know, in there as well. Uh, another hot tip, you don't have to do this, but let's just say, uh, this can help you save on some space. Let's say you've got a performance of yourself on like local radio. I'll have like a quote from them and then, you know, you know, 95 will rock and have that be a link that they can click on to go to the video of me performing on the radio. So if they just want to read it, they can, if they want to watch the video, they can as well. So that's another Another option again that that'll hold up to being copy and pasted in email, uh, really really easy. Um, but yeah, something like that has been has been a lifesaver. Now the times I have been a surprise that did work were also recent. Uh, it was in November and first week of December. They were people who have bought tickets for my shows, and their families hired me to come to their parties. Um, and that was great because I told them I was like, oh, in I was like, send this out to like. 10 people don't tell her and everything tell them it's a surprise but let them know hey we booked uh jenny's favorite you know magician or favorite you know this mind reader guy jenny's seen him a bunch she brought him to our us to his halloween show she's gonna love that he's gonna be here and that and then when i came in and this is what i think people want when they book you for a surprise they want that moment for people to go oh and when they don't know who you are already it's just like we brought some guy <laughs> so even when um not everyone knew who i was when everyone said like oh watch watch jenny for the next few moments watch jenny for the next few moments and i came in the room and walked right up to jenny and she freaked out and hugged me and i was like we're about to do a show for all of your friends and family right now she's like you're not just stopping by to say how you're doing a show i was like yep your husband best friend hire hired me months ago we've been keeping it a secret She's like, oh my gosh. And she, and then she started going around, to, which I knew would happen. I knew I wouldn't have to do much from that standpoint. So that worked. And then another one, um, actually someone brought their husband to uh, my studio at the mansion I work in. Uh, they had bought out a show there and they said they were going to go by to look at the building's Halloween, uh, holiday decorations, not Halloween decorations. Those are down now. The holiday decorations are up. And then they were like, they got out of the car. And then she was like, hey, let's go in. And then they go, he goes in and he sees like all his other friends starting to pull up. He's like, what's going on there? Like, and she's like, we're going to see Joe. Everyone's here to come. And he's like, really? And he came through the door and hugged me. And so there are situations where the surprise does work. Um, the other thing I've done is I have rewritten that buzz email. Like I'm doing this for, uh, for a woman, uh, her and like one of her family members have seen me, but the others haven't, they've kind of heard about it. And I'm going to rewrite the buzz email to be like, to send for her to send to everyone to be like, hey, do you think that this is something we should do as a family outing in the next year? Look at some of this. Let me know what you think. So now when I come in, they go, oh, we watched that video of that guy. Now there's context for it. So yeah. if they do insist on it being a surprise, which again, if the woman had just told me ahead of time, we could have done. Uh, but uh, uh but yeah, and again, this doesn't work 100% of the time, all the time, but 99% of the time, the people want to have a good experience and they understand like, oh, they're hiring you as the expert. You've done more of these. 
you know, in my experience, when I've been a surprise, this is what works the best in those situations. Um, so I, I think it, I think it can work, uh, for sure. But again, I think it's a matter of, I, I equate it to if you have a little kid who wants to drive the car and you put them <laughs> on your lap and like pretend like that they're going, you know, don't give them full control of the steering wheel and don't let them, you know, touch, you know, but if you're on a back road, I know we're, don't ever do this, by the way, <laughs> but I think everyone knows what I'm talking about when I say this, you know, yeah, you can give them the illusion of having more control than they actually have. If you're going to drive a car dangerously, be blindfolded at least. 100%. The, 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 the what is said on the Deceive Reality podcast is not necessarily the opinion of Joe Diamond. <laughs> he, he, he's talked about blindfold drives way too much. Do as I say, not as I do. Don't do them. <laughs> uh, who was, uh, it was, it was, there was some show in New Zealand where, uh, oh, I actually I know who this was. Uh, they, uh, this gentleman had uh, purchased some stuff from my, uh, from my web store. Uh, it was Lawrence Lung. He did like a comedy uh, special in New Zealand where each show he talked to like UFO experts or psychics. And for the psychic episode, he, he's an amateur magician. So he had an episode on magic, but he also had an episode on psychics where he like took a ride with Banachek while he was doing a, a blindfold drive. So later on, cool. he gives a blindfold drive a test. And he crashes the car and he's like, wait, and he takes the envelope out, out of the uh, um, visor and hands it to Banachek. And it says, I predict my blindfold drive will end in a car crash. <laughs> and, it's, and then I saw his name order some stuff. And I was like, hey, I saw your show years ago on YouTube because I it was bootlegged on YouTube for a while. And I loved it. He's like, oh, that was really cool. Thanks. Thanks yeah, for that. Great. Um, but yeah, man, if, you if, if you can him, find some of those clips, it's worth finding. They're hilarious. You, you fool him, Bush is just like the best thing. You can see his head just melt, and he obviously he's a knowledgeable guy. But you you nailed him in the last few ones. Yeah, definitely yeah, nice yeah. Thing. I I kind of I, I I wanted to see if I could, <laughs> like on, on yeah. one level, you know, like because I don't. Yeah. I'm not a big proponent of like magician foolers like there are so many tricks um and i would even to some extent talk about my most recent uh, scam nation appearance which is closing in on a hundred thousand views by the way which i'm very proud brilliant of. most successful nice. video um it's the longest vi scam nation video i've done but it's it's performing better than any of the other uh things I've done on there. And let me be clear, I'm proud of all the stuff I've shared on Scam Nation. There's there's not a single thing I've released that I felt like, eh, I don't know about this. Like I work really hard on everything and I really try to develop the best, you know, content, best material possible for, for people all over the world. That said, I've done that effect off and on year, uh, for the last few years since Eugene taught it to me. And I think material like that is important uh in moderation there are people who come to a magic show or mentalism or whatever who want an unsolvable puzzle for them yeah. the puzzle is what they get out of it now i think there should be other levels that people can appreciate magic on from the storytelling to Again, the connection to, you know, I think there's other levels people can enjoy, you know, a performance of magic on. 
That said, I mean, there are a, a lot of people that just want to play chess. Yeah. Uh, I call it the uh, the Bobby Fischer analogy. Um, if someone wants to sit down and play chess with Bobby Fischer, they know they're going to lose. <laughs> they're not sitting down at a chessboard to play a game of chess to try and win. They just want to say they played with Bobby Fischer. You know, they want, they want to go, they, ah, I went toe to toe. I did my best, but Hey, he's Bobby Fisher. You know, I, and um, I have noticed that some like poker dealer teams and such work in that vein for me. Um, but, uh, and material like that, uh, like that piece works really well for me as well. I was hesitant on, on sharing it. Cause it is something that I've kind of saved exclusively for magicians. I have done it for, for a good amount of lay people as well, but I also kind of feel like if a lay person, can backtrack that method or remember that <laughs> method, they're no longer a layperson. And yeah, I'm okay yeah. with that. Um, so it's mental. Uh, I've actually had a couple of uh clients and regulars at like one of my restaurant uh gigs. I started going back there in recent weeks and I've had some people who who saw it who said that was amazing. I tried to follow it, I have no idea, but it made me respect <laughs> what you do even more. Um, cause like, yeah, they don't know like how easy or difficult everything is. And also to a large extent, we've talked about this before. People don't care really. They, they, again, they want to feel connected. They want to feel something. Uh, my friend Christian Kajigal once said, he's like, I don't need it to have a lot of meaning. I just want to feel something. And I think that's how a lot of people feel with magic. And for some people, what they want to feel is that impenetrable puzzle. Uh, the stuff that they can turn over and try every which way and think about and replay in their head. Uh, that is a valid form of, of ma magic. That is a valid form of performance. It's a valid form for someone to enjoy it. And I, it bothers me when like magicians are like, oh, all they did was try to figure it out the whole time. It's like, you mean like us? Yeah, <laughs> you mean that's like what we do. <laughs> what we, the whole reason we got into this, like, why is that a bad thing? Um, and so I, I, and yeah, so that one in, in particular, um, I knew, cause I usually like send video of a lot of the stuff to, uh, to Brian and uh, Corey ahead of time. Uh, so we know what we're going to work on, but since I had just done that, so basically I started going back. So let me back up a little bit here. As the last episode we filmed in the in early June dropped, uh, it was uh, The Secret Meaning of the Four Aces, where I taught my uh, version of Doc Daly's last trick. During the premiere of that, uh, Brian and I were doing the live watch uh, from our homes. And, like, he texts me. He's like, dude, that's great. When can you come back? Pick dates. Like, nice. And I was like, okay. And since we had only gotten through about half of what we had filmed before... Um, yeah, there's usually you get to about two to four things filmed in a day, uh, which doesn't sound like a lot, but for them, that's great. If they can get, you know, across both platforms too, modern rogue and, uh, scam nation, that's a good day for them. Um, but we, and we still only got through half of what I had last time. So he knew like, oh yeah, Joe, Joe will have this. He's got it. And I was looking at some other things maybe. And I was thinking about that effect. And I mentioned it to Brian when I arrived. I was like, it's this old thing. It's in one of the card college books. He says it's from Paul Bearer's review. And Brian goes, stands up, goes in the other room. He's like, is it in this volume? And I check my notes because I had the volume number and page <laughs> number. And I look and I'm like, yes, don't look at this until, until filming. Because 
Brian, I'm going to fool the shit out of you. <laughs> like I, I, I locked him in the eyes and I, and I threw down the gauntlet and like, that's not, and, and you know, we're, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a challenge standpoint. I think that's the important thing too. It's, there are ways to present that type of stuff that isn't a challenge to figure out. Um, like, yeah. let, like that's another thing where you can just point out like, yeah, this is a, this is a, an interesting little situation we have here where I can't rely on forces <laughs> or stacks or key cards or anything seemingly. Right. Yeah. That's interesting. All right. I'm going to find your cards now. Uh, I think that that's a different attitude than saying like, you know, try to figure this out. But I knew going in, like if there was anything that would, that would go under that kind of scrutiny, it'd be him. Uh, and, and in that situation. And then Des, who's ridiculously smart. I'll, I'll tell you a story about Des in a, in a moment. Um, his his day job is in robotics. One of his day jobs. But he also has background in magic and sideshow and everything. Um, actually, I'll tell the story now because it works out. To give you an idea of the level of intellect he's at and how much like, like I think Brian Lowkey like brought him in to just be like, all right, Joe says he's going to try and fool me, but I want to see if you can, like, you know. <laughs> and, like, the fact that both of them were, like, ha had no clue. It's 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 a favorite. It's a favorite for sure. So De uh, Desra made a robot, a full-on robot that's about this tall uh, that he gave to Brian, uh, at and it's at HQ. And this thing can track a ball, and you can play soccer with it. You can kick a ball at it, and it will walk over to it and kick it. And we're watching it go and everything. And he, it's kicking the ball. It's on the slate surface. It's walking. All of a sudden, it falls over. And the way Brian, Brian said we should have filmed this. Because my reaction was priceless at this point. Because at that moment, it was like, oh, the show's over. And then the robot falling over on the floor, the one arm goes, Wish! the other arm, Wish! The legs and the robot gets itself back up <laughs> like a Terminator movie. And I'm like, no, like when the first arm went, I was like, no, and no. And then it got up and it stood up and resumed kicking the ball. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> You're like, get it, get it now, get it now. <laughs> the robots are coming to kill us. Like, and like, and I wish I had a video of my reaction to that because yeah because it was like the full like in my head like oh it's over wait it's not gonna no it can't oh god it's doing it uh it was yeah so I was like all right I have to deliver now with uh yeah. with the with the card effect and, I love uh, the method in that one as well because, like, as magicians, we love yeah. stupid methods a lot of the time. Like, I always say, the <laughs> yeah. stupider the method, the more I like it. But that one is just smart, and it's just like yeah. that's genius. Well, it's not. It's well, the, one of the best methods. Yeah, yeah, and like one of the things that I I kind of like about it too is like it makes kind of like it's kind of like a flourish. You know, if you do a flourish, it can make, like, another effect seem more impressive. Again, I don't mind if an audience member of mine ever sees that because when they watch me do something with their deck and it's shuffled ahead of time and all this other stuff, like, it's going to be just as, if not more, amazing because of that. Mm, but again, yeah. I think most people just go, yeah, it's amazing. Couldn't follow it. I'm glad you can. <laughs> um, 
And again, when they see something that, you know, just something like Invisible Deck, for example, which is so clear and so precise and seemingly has no procedure, I think it just makes stuff like that even more uh, amazing for people. And, and, and I love, I love card magic. I, I know that's weird coming from a mentalist. I have a whole mentalism show with a deck of cards. I feel like, I feel like putting, saying, oh, you shouldn't use cards or shouldn't do all cards or mostly cards. Yeah. I feel like that's just putting focus on the props yeah, rather than the experience and the, uh, the emotional content of what you're doing. Um, yeah. You could watch Eugene Berger do a whole set with cards and not notice he had done all card tricks. You know, like it, you didn't care because it was him. You know, you wouldn't notice it until until later. I think as long as it's not all like pick a card tricks, I think that could get really redundant. But if you do, like in my mentalism uh, card set, I start off with uh, a John Bannon effect, then a version of Out of Sight, Out of Mind. And then I do a version of uh, Bob Neal Soul Survivor with the Patio Force, but with a uh, murder mystery presentation. So now we do something that's a little playful. And then I do uh, an effect that Josh J teaches in his lectures, where you apparently memorize a deck of cards in a split second after it's been shuffled face up and face down. I have a different presentation on it. Um, sometimes I'll do like a fortune telling effect in there and then close with out of this world with them holding on to a lucky object. And that's a lot of different phenomena. It's not all yeah. pick a card yeah. stuff. And, you know, there's a story in the middle, a little play, something where I demonstrate a skill, something where they demonstrate a skill. There's a lot of texture to that. And I don't, when I've done that years ago, when I did a lot of card stuff, I noticed people would sometimes ask, oh, so do you only do cards? Yeah. And I've done that set informally at a show or uh, for VIPs at a uh, uh, at a walk around gig. If I have to go over to a table to a VIP group and like do a mini show, I'll just crack open a fresh deck and do that whole set for them, and then leave the deck. And I don't get that question with a, with a set like that when it's uh, composed like that. But there's something. Uh, yeah, well, the first time I saw I met Eugene Berger and sat down with him, and he blew me away with my own deck of cards just like being there and the for lack of a better term the intimacy the immediacy the back and forth all of it uh the cards were just the tools it was just the vehicle to get us there um what mattered was he was a great tour guide as we were taking this tour through mystery um you know like yeah. it's uh it's like taking a bus tour and going on and on about how great the bus is. It's like, well, no, I want to hear about the city and how much can you make me, you know, the bus is just to get us there, you know? <laughs> like, so. Uh, that could be a good business though, because nobody's doing it. Let's do a bus tour where we just talk about the bus and do it like around <laughs> yeah, the Yeah, tour of the bus. <laughs> this is where the driver sits. Are we even going to move the parking, leave the parking lot? No, no. Here no, there's go. no there's no gas in the bus. We, we didn't put gas in it. There's, there's no gas. Oh my god, that's that's a perfect metaphor. For some magicians, isn't it? Yeah. Their their bus tours. The bus never. Their, their their job is to do a bus tour, but their bus never leaves the parking lot, and there's not even any gas in it. Oh my god. Oh. Wow. It reminded me actually of something like what you're saying uh, about like not doing the same style of trick too many times, like with the pick a character. Because I was watching the new season of The Witcher that's on. And in the mm. first couple of episodes, they do a trope 
in every time someone's met an old friend, the old friend would be like, how dare you come here? Because I've missed you so much. And they did it three times in the same episode <laughs> with different people. And I was yeah. just like, this is what uh, pick a card. Now I found it. Pick another one now. I found yeah. it. Yeah. Feels there like. can be there can be a vibe to that, especially in like Chicago style bar magic. Um, but like usually it's like pick a card, here's a drink. All right, all right, I'm gonna go sling drinks over here, shuffle the deck while I'm gone. The back cards are shuffled. Okay, top cards four of spades. Yes. All right. Let me pour your drink. Okay. Let me take the. You know there is yeah. there is a that is a style and that can work, uh, if in the right context, of course. You know that might not work great. You know for a formal half hour sit down close up show. You know, yeah. um, if it's just that over and over. Um, <laughs> years ago, uh, Will Tremont. Uh, told me he's a magician and storyteller. He did all you might you might know him, uh, Steve. He did a lot of escapes on uh, uh, Masters of Illusion back in the day. Like he oh, was. Okay. Uh, what was uh, the name again? Uh, Will Tremont. He did a uh, blindfold drive while he was chained up on one of the Masters of Illusion. He did. Yeah, one I, he was I think. Motor or yeah, he was chained think, to a I, wheel and and. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So he fell into that all completely by accident. Um, he tells that story great. Actually, I should let I should put you in contact with him because he I think he'd be a great guest for the podcast. He basically yeah, fell into doing escapes on television in America completely on accident. Um, <laughs> which is, he calls the story. Uh, he does storytelling shows now, and he has a whole story about it called the Accidental Escape Artist. Uh, but he cool. said something to me once where he said he wanted to do a magic show, never do any magic. But have people leave thinking that he had done magic? And that's <laughs> kind of that's 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 kind of how I feel with card match. I want people to leave feeling like, wow, that was mysterious, that was great, and not notice it was all cards. Um, I've yeah. gotten pretty close. There, uh, the last uh, show I wrote, Mystic, um, it's fifty percent uh, card material, and my wife helped me work on it, and she felt my previous shows were very card heavy. And after the the first uh, set of trial runs for Mystic, uh, she she saw uh, one of the shows and was giving me director's notes. And she, I was like, "So what? What? How do you feel about this new show?" She's like, "Well, for starters, I love it because there's not as many card tricks." And I was like, "Lindsay, it's half cards." Like, <laughs> and I broke it down. Now one of them is with tarot cards, and one of them is uh, Woody Eric's finding your other half, where everyone gets four cards. But oh, then yeah. I envelope and I make it all about. Uh, the I make it about the ritual of the uh, the magician tarot card. So similar to the thing on my penguin lecture, I just yeah. I've, I've branched that presentation out to work with uh, Woody's effect because his effect and that effect have similar principles um, in it. And but she was like, didn't feel like it. It just didn't feel like all card tricks because it was about the connection and the stories you were talking about and everything. So I'm like, yes, I'm getting there. You know, I'm not there yet, but I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> climbing there. I'm, 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 I'm getting objective progress at least. Uh, but that said too, like it, it's always great to have those, those two or three things in your back pocket for when you're sitting down with magicians and go, let me show you something you've probably never seen. Uh, yeah. That six and nine trick you did as well on Scam Nation is brilliant. I love that because that can be, you can build that up so much as well to like really affect yeah. this and stuff. It's well, such and a clever like that is perfect to do after a moveless effect like, uh, um, like Thought Echo. Cause you know, they, you've, you've been hands off, they're conditioned. Cause that trick, even though there is technically a slight in it, looks moveless. Like it's, it's very mm. well structured. 
so I like that it's just, you know, two effects that are completely different, but would flow very nicely into a set and give it that kind of um, uh, texture in a sense too. Yeah, I I did that for years with uh, with a with a double lift move rather than the move that's taught on Scam Nation, and I thought that was as simple as possible. But honestly, like when I started working on it again and uh, realized, like, oh, this is simpler and better, because like with the double lift, you have to do a get ready, a show. Um, a, you know, there's a lot of steps to a double. The other thing too, with, uh, I'll, the kind of double lift I use, I know this won't be great for the, uh, the audio listeners, but it's, uh, it's this kind, uh, which mm. is a push off double, which changes the orientation of the back. So if it starts out as a six right now, and I do that move when I end, it's now a nine. So I had to work that into the presentation and then read <laughs> which of the deck. It was like, no, just boom, boom, done. <laughs> and you saw Josie, who has seen a lot of magic over the last year, yeah. too. And I've I've had that happen with a lot of people. And it happened pretty consistently with uh with the double lift method. But with the new method, it happens way more consistently of them just staring at it. And what mm -hmm. I want is always this, where they're turning <laughs> their head that way. Like, wait, wait, did I just see that? Did that just happen? Um so I mentioned this in my book, Journal of Alchemy. I didn't mention it on uh, on Scam Nation, but I'll let you guys know. I came up with that when I was 17. I actually performed it uh, for Jay Sankey's, Jeff Stone, and Eric LeClaire when we were all filming uh, the DVD Underground Jam back in 2005. Oh, yeah. And originally my idea was to draw six and have them initial the inside of it. It was Jay's idea to have them draw the six. And then you turn it over and, and and then I had the idea of turning it over and then doing the nine, the line for the nine. So that's how long I've sat on that. And that's how long I've been working on it. And it, it just goes to show that like, you know, like, you know, simpler is almost, almost always better. Um, but what, what, what matters is the effect. If the effect takes, you know, five really difficult moves to get there, it's, you know, who was it? Uh, if remove a, a slight from a trick, you've improved it. If we remove yeah. all the slights from a trick, you've made a mathematical monstrosity. I think that was like Garnet <laughs> or someone like that. Um, so, so yeah. So of course, it's a it's a case by case basis. And again, going back to texture and all that stuff. Sometimes but, our knowledge uh, is against us, though. You know, if we, if we, you know, we we know all the slights, we know what could work, we know the alternatives. And too much knowledge sometimes can be a hindrance. You know, you're just like, if I'd only known a simpler way, I wouldn't have complicated this. Sure. Oh, yeah. There are definitely times you, yeah, I mean, very often, again, just going back to the chess analogy, like, you know, when like a grandmaster, maybe not Bobby Fischer is sitting down across from you, but someone, you know, who's an amateur chess player or pretty well known. Like, again, you want material for that, for those situations. But more often than not, like, you're just, I've realized that's the other thing too after the pandemic like so so many of us we've realized have been working way too hard yeah. just way too hard <laughs> like, like my current show everything my stand-up show that i have done that again i did on stage for 300 people in austin texas a few weeks ago i've done on stage in colleges been doing uh it's all material i've done over the last decade or so but i've kind of reorganized it and moved stuff around so it was all in one show 
uh, mm-hmm. and made it cohesive and a structure, and it all fits in my pockets. I don't need a, yeah. uh, you know, I don't need a table. If there's one, I'll use it to display a deck on. But like that's that's it. Like that that is that is all I need. And the other thing too, I've noticed as well. The people who do know, like again, just going back to invisible deck because that's one that has been a hot uh, hot commodity in recent years and uh people some people are okay with it on scam nation some weren't and everything else i i close shows with it um not all my shows but i close a lot of shows with it i've got a couple different presentations um and twice i've had someone come up to me and say oh i know about that and those invisible cards and everything and one person said but i don't know how you did it and the other person said to me, but the way you did it, the way you got everyone involved and built it up, that was aw-. So I think even when they do know, you know, even when like a, you know, a, a very light amateur magician or magic enthusiast knows some of the method and then they can see how much a perform. I think the reason when people go, oh, I know that one, it's because the performance wasn't as engaging, you know, because yeah. it wasn't as you weren't able to get people, you know, swept up swept up and engaged with the premise of what's going on um i often have used this analogy too if if you're doing ambitious card okay so you have a superpower you're demonstrating that you can make any card you want be on top of the deck when you want under any circumstance with that one superpower you go go to a casino and become a very rich person you know you you know that's all and that's you know that's the internal uh connection that people love with that effect and I think yeah. that's why people respond to it so much and why they say, oh, I'd hate to play cards with you. They're, when they say that, they're talking about the results, which is you can make any card on top, which means you could go to a casino, which means you could win. Therefore, it doesn't matter if you can get that card to the top of the deck with sleight of hand, hypnosis, and then you stack the deck, you know, cheating, real magic, <laughs> really making the card teleport to the top. It doesn't matter. The result of you winning the game and winning all that money is still the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and I yeah. think, again, a lot of magicians get wrapped up in the how or why it's going from here to here rather than what it represents and using that to connect with people, uh, connect with people better. You, you know, when we're performing live, there's always a guy who wants to show us a trick and they're like, you know, they usually have too many drinks. and They're like, give me your cards and I'll show you a trick. I had a guy on a virtual show recently wanted to show me a trick and they, all the guys obviously knew it was an accountancy firm and uh, he was like yeah yeah I've got something here and I was like okay cool what are you going to do and he's like you can just grab this invisible deck and I was like oh no he's going to do a visible deck so he did a visible deck for me and while he was doing it I picked up my cards and I'm, I'm cutting the card and I so I, so I back Pam and I'm like yeah throw me the card and he like threw it at the screen and I caught it and I go good job man that was brilliant well done you should definitely keep up the magic and he was like what yeah oh yeah well and like that's the thing too that's a perfect example of like not like he wasn't being a jerk you didn't know out for being a jerk um yeah. he wanted to get <laughs> he wanted to be part of it i mean that i mean yes that's that's what it's about it was really know? flat like there was no presentation whatsoever it was literally like two hearts there you go you know that was it yeah <laughs> yeah but it was it was good. He did it. He did it well, you know. But uh, but then I was like, just throw me the card, and I did one like upstage. I did. I did one upstage. <laughs> but, but, but I just went to some little, little kicker thing at the end for him, you know. And he thought it was awesome, and everyone loved it. 
you wanted to put them on your lap and make make them pretend <laughs> they're driving and then put them back in his seat. That's what you wanted to do. You want to put them back in his seat, and that's fine. Uh, yeah, well, uh, that's so fun. real quick going back to uh, the guy I was a surprise for that his uh, wife brought uh, brought him uh, to my show. So years ago, I don't know if I talked about this uh, uh, on the show last time, but it's uh, I wrote an article. It was in a couple magazines, Penguin Magic Monthly. And um, if anyone wants to read it, just email me, joe at joediamonlife.com, and I'll send the PDF to you. But I polled my audiences uh, a couple mm -hmm. years ago. I flat out said, have you ever looked up my methods on Google after a show? And I did a Facebook poll and it said, nah, I just like it to enjoy the show and enjoy the mystery. And then, yes, I totally Googled it. And the final result was like 70-30. It was like 70, no, I didn't Google it, 30. Um, yeah, I looked it up. And, and it was almost exactly 100 people that responded too. So we have an almost perfect like gathering of like my audience. Yeah. Well, out of all the people who said, yeah, I Googled it, I messaged them and said, what did you find? Because Facebook uh, at the time allowed you to see who responded with what. And so I messaged them, like, what'd you find? And pretty much everyone said, oh, nothing. Oh, I couldn't remember. I, I did, but I couldn't remember. I mostly got card tricks. Nothing about how to read minds for real. Um, and then one person was like, I thought about it, but I'm pretty sure you can't Google how to bend a spoon. And I was like, <laughs> you're right. Um, of course. And then one guy... Uh, who was this guy? He said, yeah, I went online and learned a trick where someone writes something down on a piece of paper and I tear it up and burn it and tell them what the name is. <laughs> and I was like, okay, he learned a senator. That's pretty, pretty great. He's like, yeah, I found it. And every time I do it, I talk about you. How you can have another magician out there promoting, not them, but you like, there is the bad in any of this. Like, yeah. yeah. And he was the one who came back to the, you know, came to the show and, you know, his, his wife brought him. So I think, you know, just trying to hoard it is not, it, it's, it's not the way anymore. And I, I think the no. people who, you know, I think the people who are most threatened by it, of course, are the ones who have the most to, to lose for sure. Yeah. Um, there's some people who just don't like it, you know, and that's fine too. Uh, they feel like I had to struggle for this, so why should it be so e so much easier for the next generation? And I, I kind of get that, but like at the same time, you you can objectively show that you know there's more people going to see magic now. There's more people interested in it. There's more. I mean, again, like in the last few years, even with the lockdown, you know, I, you know magic as a performance art has exploded for a lot of people in all areas of the world. Mm -hmm. um, and people, and I think it's because people now feel a part of it. It's not just some guy who knows something that we don't. Yeah. Not to say it was always like that. There have been great performers on TV and live over the years, but I think just the culture of it, you know, is changing. There's more performers taking risks. There's more performers, um, who are, are taking their audiences to new and interesting places, um, you know, comedically, emotionally, you know, all of it, you know, the, I, I, I so, so let's, okay. I'll use these two examples. Um, in the last year there was, um, 
Big Trick Energy, uh, which yeah. again, I worked with Eric when I was 17. Eric's an, an awesome guy. Known him for literally years, longer than most people in this industry. And uh, um, uh, the uh, the Delgadio show in and of itself. Um, yeah. Personally, I liked both of those projects. I didn't love them. They weren't my favorite styles of magic, personally. Uh, but I did like a lot of... I did find enough to like in each of those shows to enjoy and feel good about, you know, telling people and recommend. And I was thinking about it, and I was like, how great is it that, like, we have the high art directed by Frank Oz... Broadway show and the jackass of magic. <laughs> yeah. Like how great is that? Can't we just be happy that those now, even if it's not, not our favorite, it's not, and we're not the audience. How great is it that magic has that much of a scope? How great is it's it? More like music, you know? It's more like music now where we yeah, have like a Celine yeah. Dion and like Eminem. They don't belong yeah, together, yeah. but well, they're the same I, genre. The, um, you know, music exploded when, uh, I think it was the Stratocaster guitar, one of the main guitars, it was the one Jimi Hendrix had, when those became affordable and were only $100, when suddenly everyone could get the tools, we got Jimi Hendrix, we got people who normally wouldn't have had access yeah. to, to these tools creatively. And, like, you see some of these, you know, I mean... Yes, I, I grew up on going to the library too, and I love it. But the <laughs> fact that there are now kids in areas of the world where there is no library, where they don't have a library, they don't have the access to it, and they can't just buy a $50 magic book, you know? Like, there are, there are multiple gates in their way. The fact that those gatekeepers are gone, and they can learn the basics of this art through YouTube, through, you know, Instagram and share their ideas. Kids, you know, on the other side of the globe who've never set foot in a magic shop or a library are creating best-selling tricks. They're going on Penn and Teller and fooling the crap out of them. Like yeah. it, it's, it's objectively better. Um, mm. There are downsides to it, of course, you know, I mean, there's, uh, and I say it, I always try to remember to say this. I don't believe in exposing tricks that you have no right to teach. Um, there's, you know, if like I wouldn't put someone else's, you know, someone else's, uh, you know, current trick in my book. But if it's in an old book that is, you know, maybe been republished a couple times or, you know, other people have like, like, for example, again, that thought echo, I didn't learn it in the original Paul Bears. It was in, you know, it was then reburied in the card college light books. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So, um, so there are things like, yeah, if, if they're living, uh, of course I asked their permission. Like when I did the, uh, my penguin lecture, I double checked uh, with Jack Kent Tiller to teach the blister effect. And he said, uh, it's before he passed and he said, yeah, ab absolutely. Um, which was one of the last times I chatted with him. Unfortunately, he was, uh, um, deteriorating pretty quickly at the end from what I heard from his close family and friends. But, um, but you know, I checked with him and also Penguin owns the rights to his books. So I had double permission as far as that goes. There was one thing that I was going to teach on the lecture, but they weren't a hundred percent sure if someone else had created something similar. So that ended up on the cutting room floor. 
and I'm okay with that. I've since reached out to that person and made sure it was okay. And uh, I've got my own work available on that uh, effect now and, and that's fine. So, you know, I, I, I do try to be, you know, careful, you know, with that kind of mm -hmm. stuff. Um, I don't want to go, I don't want to download, you know, you know, download the number one trick on theory 11 and then teach that on scam nation. No, I'm, I, I want to, you know, find stuff that's older that maybe not a lot of people know about or stuff that I've brought enough of myself to. Um, if it's my, if it's my right to put it in a book and sell it to me, there's no difference in deciding to give it away, you know? Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, but I'm, I, I'm, I, cause I think a lot of people unfairly lump YouTube uh tutorials in with piracy like you know right. oh they upload the dvd to youtube where they watch the trick and then film themselves showing the gimmick or showing the method and like no that is not that is not what i'm about like of course not of course not youtube um, is the modern library really it's like yeah, it's the biggest really library is. that we have that's all it is and if people are willing to search it and sit through i think lloyd Barron said it in one of his videos where he was teaching something he's like for the average person this is going to be an incredibly boring 20 minutes but if you're interested in magic you'll learn a trick but like the average spectator mm -hmm. is just gonna like tune out before they get to any of the good bits yeah yeah exactly exactly yeah. and and it will always be scam school to me as well uh, the scam nation just feels weird yeah yeah like, it's um, scam school uh, oh yeah uh, it's, it's uh, a <laughs> it's ownership of like who owns the title of scam <laughs> school and everything brian explained it to me basically if they do it under anything other than scam school they can do whatever they want with that footage but if it's under scam because i because i did ask him about one of my old episodes using the footage of that for my penguin lecture and he's like hmm. uh that's before uh back when this other company you know co-owned yeah. the the production on it so um so technically no i don't own that footage i can't give you the okay it's the um, best jingles out for any magic show oh yeah like, oh absolutely oh i missed that <laughs> it was like it's just oh, in your head I'm, constantly <laughs> like, like I, are you kidding me like that is that is the best best jingle ever best jingle in magic Definitely. never thought i'd say those words but okay. <laughs> it, it doesn't have much competition but it, it's hey, there's, the there's, a, there's a title best jingle in magic there we go we yeah. found it <laughs> jingle bells like you know it's it's all good it's all good speaking of jingle bells actually we actually had someone send in a question for this christmas thing about uh kian sent in uh what is your favorite christmas themed magic trick so i think so um i do i have a version of my haunted key uh which i taught on scam school before it was scam nation uh i do teach it on my penguin lecture as well in my penguin lecture i go into a lot more detail of like versions of the gimmick and using the haunted key and everything else there's a lot of like pro tips that i i i i i i, I really went into all the detail of it that said um in my ebook journal of alchemy available from vanishing inc it's like 10 or 12 dollars um, I, I teach several effects, uh, the original version of that six and nine trick, uh, which I called point of view. Uh, I you teach didn't call it 69. Of, um, yeah. 69. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's that, uh, I teach my version of a uh, doc Daly's last trick in there. Uh, but the last thing in it, after I teach the haunted key, uh, without to lunch gimmick, I include a script that I have for that routine, which is all based around a Christmas carol. 
And it's all about Jacob Marley and the chains and locks and everything else. And um, he was visited by three spirits. And then I love it because at the end they have the open padlock. I also love the end line for that one because the spirit turns the lock, the spirit of Christmas turns the, or turns the key. I show the drawing of the lock is open. I say, when the spirits turn the key, your chains were freed, which is a great end line. Yeah. I get to show Ooh. them. And then this is my favorite line to do. And I, I missed doing it last year. And I've been doing it a bunch of this year. I hand to them. I say, you may keep that. Just don't sleep in the same room with it, which is a Eugene Berger <laughs> line. But then I add, yeah, don't sleep in the same room with it. Cause you're going to wake up at one o'clock, two o'clock, three. <laughs> it's going to be real. It's going to be a whole thing. So just, <laughs> which I love. Uh, so yeah. So if you want that, uh, that full script uh, it's, it's in journal of alchemy, uh, which again is, is just, you know, 12 bucks and there's other, uh, uh, essays and such in there that aren't available. Stocking filler, guys. Stocking fillers. Stocking fillers. Yeah, yeah. Stocking filler. Yeah. yeah. Uh, One of the things I've been doing a lot actually recently, I got it from John Morton. He recently released it was like a Christmas, a digital Christmas version of his baby book, where you, you get the images that you can just have on your phone, which is a brilliant, brilliant uh, method. Nice. And also, I've been in the the um the small mini brainwave Max Mayer with the X on the back. So just get blank cards and just write Christmas things on it, and then they pick one, and everything else has an X on it. And that, that I think that's the perfect trick to customize for anything because you you just need blank yeah. cards, and you can just make it up very quick. I think yeah. it's, it's yeah. a very strong routine. Nice. Uh, there's yeah. one other one. Um, I'll tell you what. I'll make a point of, of making this easy for everyone. Uh, if you, so, so the link I have on this is joediamondlife.com slash store, but I have a Facebook group uh, called the mystic circle. And what I'll do is between now and Thursday, I'll reshare this. There's one other Christmas fact. I haven't done it in a couple of years, but I love it. Um, I filmed it for Jay Sankey's inside deception site. Uh, so if you're a member of that site, you can go through the archives and find it there. Search my name. It should show up. But I'll show it. Uh, I'll share it on my uh, Inner Circle page, which there's a link to through the store link and everything. You can just go on Facebook and type in Joe Diamond Mystic Circle. The Inner Circle is for uh, clients and bookers and everything. That's the lay people one. Uh, this, you know, the, the Mystic Circle is for other mystics. Uh, where we can talk freely about methods and stuff. Because sometimes, you know, after a gig, I want to be like, oh, I couldn't read the handwriting on this one thing. Don't really want to say that in the, you know, when it has to do with a method. You don't want to get that wrong, uh, with the group name wrong. Because he's yeah. like... But, but the, the Christmas sense. effect, it's based on a Jay Sankey effect called duets. It's not mentalism. It's, uh, it's two bells. I have two bells, a little red one and a little green one. And you hand someone the red bell and they shake it and it's empty. And you explain you took the piece of solder out. They put it down. You cover it with a glass. You don't touch it. You then pick up the other colored bell and shake it, and it rings. You drop that on the glass, and then you make the sound transfer from bell to bell, and they're both different colors. They, it resets, or you can give the two bells away as souvenirs. Uh, I That's love doing it. it. It's so deceptive. It's a great method. There's nothing else like it in your repertoire, I promise. Uh, it's also good for Mardi Gras because there's those little bells on the end of like Mardi Gras jester hats. So I've done a few Mardi Gras parties over the years. Um, it's it's a lovely piece of Christmas magic. So if you're going to do something where you sit down with friends and family, it's going to be the perfect like one little thing to do uh, for that. So that's that's another one, um, which, again, I'll I'll share on the Mystic Circle page to uh, um, if anyone wants to wants to see that. Definitely. That'd be great. Very cool. And 
you, you've, you've got something coming up as well with a, a workshop on publicity. Do you want to tell people about that and what they can find out more about it? Yeah. So again, uh, joediamondlive.com slash store. Uh, it's, um, and actually what I'll do while I'm doing this as well. So let me, let me talk. So joediamondlive.com slash stores where you can get all, uh, my published uh, materials um, for the stuff that I haven't published, but have released, like for example, my penguin lecture uh, and journal of alchemy. I do have uh, uh, links to that stuff. Um, I'm not in charge of selling those. So when I do like, you know, discount codes and sales and stuff, unfortunately it doesn't rely or refer to those, but for everything I sell for my own web store, um, it's nice and easy. If anyone has any questions about any of that stuff in there, feel more than free to shoot me a message about it beforehand. I'd rather someone uh, ask a question and not get it and maybe get something else down the line than get something and not be that thrilled about it. So yeah. I'm not going to, you know, you know, so, um, you know, with some of that stuff, I want to make sure it's, a, if you want to make sure it's a good fit, do that. So same thing with this publicity uh, workshop. So it's going to be live. It'll be over Zoom. I'm doing it on a Sunday at, uh, it starts at uh, 2 p.m. my time, which means it'll still be early enough uh, for anyone in the UK uh, to watch as well. Uh, I purposefully did that. I want to do it on a day where likely there weren't going to be a lot of shows. I want to do it early in the year. And it's going to be a full, uh, a full breakdown of basically everything I couldn't get into in the penguin lecture again the penguin lecture i go through a lot of publicity stuff but this is going to be more hands-on we're limiting it to 20 people uh because people are going to be encouraged to send in a copy of their uh press release for us to work on with the group also a copy of their business card we're going to do like a business card uh uh hive mind workshop i actually have collected a lot of business cards over the years and i plan on taking photos and showing pictures of cards like uh, Eugene Berger's card, uh, Steve Cohen's card. We'll talk about advantages and disadvantages and just other, again, not for you to go, oh, let me copy this person's card exactly. But to give you an idea of like, oh, here's a card that obviously works because this is a very sex successful performer. Let's talk about it. So the first hour is just going to be promotional and publicity ideas. I'm going to talk about uh, how to get a good hook. I'll actually, I'm actually going to share with everyone uh, the copy of the email I send to podcasts. So for me to, so it's basically how I get on like paranormal podcasts, a little bit with magic podcasts too, of course, but lately like my bread and butter has been, you know, coast to coast, all this stuff and talking to people about like, you know, the more spooky sided stuff. Cause those are people who are likely to buy a ticket to a show that has spooky stuff. Um, but if you're a family magician and you want to, you know, you can, you just need to change a couple words and submit it to a bunch of parenting podcasts or whatever. We, it'll be very, yeah. uh, uh, very flexible with that. Uh, hour two and hour three, we'll go over everyone's uh, press releases and business cards. Again, people can submit their own. I'll also have a couple uh, all-star business cards in there. And then um, we'll take a little, like five, 10 minute breaks between each hour as well. Uh, and then hour four is going to be full on publicity effects. Uh, I'm going to teach how I close my show with an invisible deck that gets me more publicity and more work. I'm going to teach uh, how I've taken uh, certain effects with publicity stunts I've done and done them in my live show. Um, just for example, when I solved the world's largest corn maze blindfolded, I put together a blindfold routine in my show uh, that uh, uh, allowed me to talk about the stunt and everything else 
and then perform something so it had context and didn't just sound like, hey, look at how great I am. I have a world record for this thing. Uh, I had to mention it because it was part of the story. And what I am going to do, I'm going to do this right now as we speak. Um, this will be, I'm going to make a deceive reality um, discount code. Oh, reality, right, Joe? Okay. Um, I'm going to... Uh, An illusion. Yeah. Deceive reality. All right. You know, we're just going to make it nice and simple. Deceive reality. We'll keep it nice and simple. And it will be 20% uh, off uh, any order. And we'll do that... Uh, tell you what, you said this comes out the day before Christmas, right? It'll be coming out on Thursday, so from the 23rd. Yeah, we'll do this. Uh, we'll do this all. So, if you're listening to this at um, any point between now and eleven fifty nine Central Time on January thirty first, twenty twenty two, you will get twenty uh, percent off uh, the entire order. That will include the uh, um, the workshop as well. So it's one twenty five American. So with this twenty percent. That'll be only 100 so you'll save $25. So that'll be good just for your listeners um, if they want to use it uh, Want to use it uh, for uh, for that. There's only 20 spots. One other thing, just a full disclosure, it says so on the website, but one other thing. I did think long and hard about this aspect of it. It's not going to be pre – it's not going to be recorded for after the fact. Um, I know that's a deal breaker for a lot of people, but I thought, you know, if people want to share their own press releases – you know, their business cards, all that stuff. You yeah. know, if, if we're going to do that, like all my stuff is on pirating sites at this point. Yeah. Like we're not going to stop it. But I I want people who come to this to feel safe that they can share an idea or if they do share an idea, like, yeah, you're sharing it with 20 people who might, you know, you know, hey, let's be cool and not steal this person's idea. Let's work on it, you know, and such. Feel free to message them if you have another idea. And that's just easier to do if we keep it s small and live than, yeah. than having it uh, pre-recorded. Uh, if I were to do just a straight-ahead lecture where it was all me, you know, and we weren't doing, like, actual workshop stuff with people, um, I'd be more, more flexible with that. But for something like this, I think uh, the pros far more outweigh the cons because you get to come and not just get ideas from me, but other people. And of course, if you want to just come and see what other people are doing and, uh, you know, use that like, oh, they put their, they put their email address on one side, but their website on the other. Why did they do that? Let's talk about that. You know, just little ideas like that, or, you know, why this person has a photo on their card, why this person doesn't, uh, what are the upsides and downsides to all that? Um, you know, so so it's uh and, and the reason we're going with that stuff too is I wanted to make it all stuff you could apply immediately, not stuff mm. you had to like, you know, you know, the press release, you know, change three words. If you're a family entertainer, you can be on parenting podcasts the next day. <laughs> you know, it, you're talking if you are a kids magician and you work with kids and you have kids, being on a parenting podcast should be the easiest thing in the world. So that's the other thing we'll talk about. We'll talk about finding good fits, thinking about good fits, and we can be a little bit more hands-on and, and work it work through it rather than just, here's a broad general thing that you kind of have to fill in the blanks on for yourself. Whereas if you have a question right then and there, you can ask me uh, or you can come on and we can have a dialogue too. So I think, uh, 
Uh, so yeah, so it's going to be four hours. Again, we'll have breaks and everything. Um, it will, uh, it will, it will be worth it, I think. Uh, and again, considering that, you know, most, you know, seminars and conferences and everything cost two, three, four times as much for that. And you have to go sit in a stuffy hotel conference room for most of the day and all that. The fact that this can be at home and you can relax and ask questions and take notes. Like it's, you know, there's no travel time. Again, I think there's a, there's a lot to do with this. And if it goes well, I will plan on doing another one of these, of course, uh, schedule depending. Mm. Um, all that said too, if you just want to get $20 off something that's, a, by the way, everything on my website is on sale right now too at joediamondlive.com slash store, everything but the, um, uh, the workshop that said yeah. the code will work on everything. Even if it's already uh, discounted on sale, you'll get that percentage off the sale price. So you'll save even more with that code. Uh, uh, He's like Santa Claus. He's like Santa Claus. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, basically. Basically. Yep. Yep. That, that gives me an excuse thanks, to Joe. not be in shape. Um, so 61% go on and get a, get a couple, you know, eBooks or, or downloads, you know, that's, that's fine too. Yeah, all all of Joe's stuff, all your stuff, man, is really workable stuff. So anyone, Thank you know, you. check out your stuff. Absolutely. You. Yeah, it's sixty-one percent of our uh, listeners are in the US, so that'll be helpful if there's any shipping or anything involved. <laughs> Make it a lot easier. Uh, currently, so. I don't have anything that has any shipping. Currently, oh, that's everything's helpful. everything's digital. I'm better. Currently, yeah. even when I had the the penguin uh, download cards, I just scratched off the back and took a photo and sent it to people, emailed it to people. Just just with everything else going on in the in the world. Eventually, yes, like everyone and their brother right now, I am working on a hardcover book. No, I don't know <laughs> when it'll be done. No, I don't know when who it'll be published through. Yes, please keep bugging me about it so it it, <laughs> uh, it gets done eventually. Uh, because I, I would love to I would love to have all this new stuff in in one place. Um, I've reached out to a couple places, some were on the fence, some not so much. Um, but now that it's been a while after the penguin lecture and everything, I've gotten back to work on it. So hopefully, hopefully next time we talk, I'll at least have an idea or a date or something. Yeah. Worst case scenario, I'll do what every other mentalist does and just self produce a hundred copies and sell them for like 300 bucks a piece. Yeah, that works. <laughs> That's cheap. That's I'm cheap for magic books. I'm, <laughs> I'm a giver. So. Anything under five hundred dollars is a bargain when it comes to magic books. This day and age. When I did a uh, uh, Max Maven, so you want to be a mentalist uh, workshop, he talked about mentalism booklets going for sale, like in like the early eighteen hundreds. That discussed like code acts and Q and A acts, and you know astrology acts, and working them. And what's funny is a lot of them were two to five hundred dollars in today's money so literally nothing is new overpriced <laughs> overblown mentalism has been around since the beginning <laughs> so and, well and that's the other thing too like without naming any names i have tried to keep my stuff very reasonable very affordable i i don't want to just charge 75 dollars for a pdf that wasn't even proofread um you know i i I, I work really hard on my stuff. I try to make sure it's, you know, you get good value for what you're getting, um, you know, and make it, you know, not, you know, an arm and a leg, like, like some, some mentalism products on the market are um, like, again, uh, until I did this, uh, um, uh, 
online workshop, the most expensive thing on the site was a was a forty dollar uh, downloadable video, which is the same as my penguin lecture. So, like, yeah. you know, that's pretty. You know, considering I don't have the three hundred dollar book test or the <laughs> You know, hundred and fifty dollar hand signed, numbered, bounded with the ass hairs of angels. You know, uh, uh, <laughs> the wax sealed thumb drives that everyone's do. That that blows my mind. Yes. I, I'm, I'm I'm happy they're yeah. getting it. I'm happy they're doing it. <laughs> I don't get it, but good for you. You go <laughs> forth and keep doing it. If I yeah. had a if I had a formula that just kept making money, it's like Nickelback. I don't blame Nickelback. Like, hey, if I if I if if, if I was getting paid what they were getting paid to write and sing the songs they were and you just kept repeating that okay go go forward you, you've convinced you forward me have fun. i'm gonna release a, a booklet with my chair test for 500 dollars. that's what i do <laughs> yeah oh my it. god yeah. I, I got a book test for a hundred dollars once and the method i won't call the performer out by name but the method ah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, no, I'll tell you what this was. I won't say what it was for or anything like that, but it was you have a conversation with the person and say, hey, if I were to ask you to name a word or this or that or whatever, what would you name? They say it and you remember it. And then six months later, when you're talking to that person, you have that prediction set up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That what? That works of oh, playing cards. The trick is old. No it's like, doing, it's like, it's like doing bitter lemon and planting the fucking tree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like, what? Like, uh, like that I. That can make I sense mean, sometimes I'm, with a card. Like, if you ask someone, oh, just name a card. If you remember that, they might name the card. But like an object or something, they probably won't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They just look around them and see something. Now, now, here's the thing, too. If that was like mentioned. What what got me too is they had a, a video of them doing this uh, on the radio, uh, and it working. Um, so yeah. that's kind of what you know what got me. But like, that's something you include in the back section of a book. That's not something yeah. you sell for a hundred bucks on its own. Yeah, yeah, that's a and, bonus. You know, thing. you know, out of respect, I won't I won't badmouth the uh, person who produced it. But I haven't bought anything else of theirs. Yeah, like. And, get one, and to be fair, this person already doesn't have When we're not recording, I'll tell you who it was. Um, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's so yeah, I, I try. And so I we're going to set into behind the scenes of this for a hundred bucks if anyone wants to get the right hand to get the good work. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's, uh, <laughs> we, we, my friend, my friend Jake and I, we play not, not my cup of tea, where when we see something we don't like, we're just like, not my cup of tea, just randomly. We'll do it with movies, mostly magicians, but we'll just be like, yeah, that guy who worked at uh, at uh, Santa's workshop uh, in uh, in Lake Geneva who, who did like the Shirley magic out front. Not my cup of tea. <laughs> Dude, we're going to have you back for a section and we'll we'll name random shit and then you can just say, like, grind my gears. <laughs> oh, you grind my gears? Uh, my friend Chris Hendricks and I, we also have a game. We oh, we should play this next time. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's uh, Magic Trick or Marital Aid, where you name the title of a product and you have to guess if it's a sex toy or a magic trick. <laughs> and it's harder than you think. Rabbit habit. <laughs> the bunny. Inception. Yeah. That was a trick. I have Inception. That's, both. <laughs> that's that's both. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's there's a subcategory of both which you can throw in every <laughs> once in a while. Uh, yeah, yeah. When we drove to uh, uh, Abbott's in Colon, Michigan, a few years ago, I drove her up there uh, uh, for her show, and yeah, we just played that for like half the car ride. <laughs> it was hilarious. That's so good. Before <laughs> before we finish up for the last podcast of the year and before Christmas, is there any trick or new release by somebody else or something that would be on your Christmas list? this year that you, you you'd be uh, looking forward to picking up do do i can it be something i already have yeah it can be yeah um i'm i'm gonna go with and and, and this is a little biased because i saw this months ago before it was released um spidey's abc uh, I think has really knocked it out of the park. So I was on a Zoom call with him and a couple other people. I've only met him online a couple times, uh, but you know we we hit it off and he showed it to us. Then he did a he he did a version of it for us through Zoom and showed us the method. And I was like, oh, that's great. That's that's beautiful. He's like, I'll send you a set when we're getting ready to release it. And I had forgotten. And this is how great Spidey is. He remembered and reached out to me. He's like, hey, these are all set. What's a good address to send these to you? And I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> like, do you want me to, like, give you a quote? If like, it's like, if you like the quality, don't feel like you have to. But I said I'd send you a set. But here you go. Um, and, like, yeah, I figured, okay, as long as they're well produced and, you know, because there have been cards where it's like, oh, that's a clever method. But then you hold the prop up to the light and you can see through it or yeah. it's not well made or something. And these are off the chart. They look just like something you'd get at Walmart. Um, I they, they passed my wife test. I handed them to her and I said, I told her what the method was and said, find it. And she couldn't find it. Um, nice. They're, they're nice. great. He has a lot of great insight. Now, and again, I say this full disclosure because he did send me a pack uh, and he did use my quote for the promo. That said, I bought with my own money a second pack Luckily, before they went, uh, they, they sold out everywhere. And so I'm saying it now because I do want to get a third pack uh, to, to stock up. Um, so it is technically still a uh, still a Christmas wish. And I'm saying it now because, yeah, uh, uh, it's selling out uh, everywhere because it's great and it's usable. And I think it's something that a lot of people can and should use, whether you're a magician, a mentalist. Uh, if you want to make some card routines to be more... Uh, kid appropriate. I think they're great for that. Uh, yeah. If you want to, I'll, I'll share this. I won't say how. Uh, well, I'll, I'll say a little bit. There, there's something in Jack Kent Tiller's trio that uses pre-show that these cards would bring that up to 11 on. Um, with, with his combination of pre-show combined with Spidey's thinking with that deck. Oh, mwah, good, good luck. Good luck. Yeah. Like it would, yeah. it would look so clean. Um, I, I haven't found. I'll admit, I haven't found a routine to use them. But as we've talked about before, I do a lot of radio, a lot of stuff where it's like I just need to, you know, know a piece of information before we go live that maybe isn't always written down or something. And these, these check the boxes. They, they look normal. Uh, they're, they're great. Um. You, you know, and uh, the the amount of things he does, he has a hidden crib sheet on one. It's it's great. I think as, as yeah. a, I used to review magic products and this, is, as far as magic products go, 
top of the line as far as usability and stuff that will allow you to create your own routines and use it in a variety of situations. Also great. Um, I have no, and I, and again, I get, I get no money. I don't even get another free deck. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done as far as like having to say good things about it, but I'll continue to say good things about it. Cause it's a, uh, it's, it's a genuinely, genuinely great tool. I think it's going to become a new, new staple for uh, kind of like how real die and other mentalism props have just become like, the thing everyone uses, I think yeah. this is going to become another one of those because it's it's so practical and so bulletproof. Definitely, cool. I've seen the trailers, them, and it definitely looks really cool. And I think I like the, the amount of like picture decks that are coming out or that style of like thing that like they're all so different as well, which I really like. And like, yeah, you can do that. Sort of he stuff talks about how to use them for readings, and yeah. it's awesome. It's so <laughs> genius. I, I, I've been doing readings my whole life. I've done cold reading. He did a cold read on me with the version he did for me over Zoom, and I felt called out. I was like, <laughs> oh, man, he's he's nailing me. And it was the first time we had chatted, too. So, like, it was cool to be on the receiving end of that. So, again, if someone who is a cold reader feels that with, with the tools in this, like, again, the average person is going to just, you know, yeah, you could start your own religion. Uh, with <laughs> um Definitely. Oh so, yeah. So I, I would I would put those up there. Uh, one other friend I'll, I'll say really good things about who has something out right now. Uh, uh, Alexander Marsh. I always have to remember. He performs as Alex McAleer, so I have to remember yeah. Alexander Marsh. Uh, he has uh, "Thy Will Be Done" from the nineteen fourteen. It's a uh, prediction effect with a magician tarot card. Uh, I. It's a version of the free will plot, and in the last six months. I've done his version more than my version that I teach on my penguin lecture. Uh, and it's, again, I get no money for, for saying it, but it's something that's great that I use uh, has a lot of, um, a lot of potential, a lot of ways that people can present it in a variety of different ways. Uh, and again, it's unlike something that you would be likely to have in your repertoire already. So um, highly recommend that as well. So those are my two, um, Definitely. two, two stocking stuffers for, boys. for the holidays. Yeah, definitely. They're, they're good picks. And uh, just want to say thanks again, Joe, for coming on. We really appreciate Thank you being you. here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm, yeah. anytime. And and anytime either of you want to do, you know, virtual virtual dinner, lunch at noon, two o'clock, whatever my time, uh, when you guys are free, let me know. Or if you're up That's really good. late, let me know. I mean, I'll, I'll hang out. I'm up really late all the time now. I've got a 10-month-old yeah. baby. So it's all awesome. Oh, yeah. yeah so, oh, yeah. T t geez, 10 months already. Wow. 10 months. Yeah, nearly wow. 11. Nearly 11. Wow. It's, it's madness. Oof. Time, time doesn't exist anymore, does it? <laughs> he, his, yeah. his double lift is sloppy as shit, though, so i got to work yeah. on that. I, I've been very disappointed. Uh, not interested anymore. <laughs> Not yeah. anymore. He just he just rolls around in the straight jacket as well, which like what, what, what <laughs> thing is going on? You know, it's not right. <laughs> <laughs> the child cool. services will be getting onto us now after that. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> but definitely, if, if people are watching this, want to hit the subscribe button as well. We've got loads of interviews yes. coming up in January. We've got uh, some good ones. So follow us on Instagram and Facebook as well. That's the best place so we can announce who we have coming up. We have a big one at the start of January and a couple more results put out. So uh, make sure you yeah. check that out. Real quick too. I mean, you guys, I mean, again, thank you. I'm, I'm humbled you asked me on in the first place. Doubly humbled you asked me to come back. You guys have been crushing it. I mean, the amount of just great guests and, and you know, not 
both high profile and high quality. Like it's it's a great blend of both of those, which you, you don't always uh, get from from Magic Podcasts. You guys just, I mean, you, you, I'm I'm a friend. I'm I'm a, but I'm also a fan of the show too. It's been it's been great Thanks to so hear the episodes Thanks, and be learning a lot. And you're high profile and high quality, so um, there you, you go. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Guys are the best. <laughs> Absolutely. Happy Thanks. Christmas, man. Have a good one. Yeah, and happy, happy Christmas, Christmas happy everyone. I hope everyone has a, a good Christmas and a good New Year. And here's to a much better 2022. So let's get everyone. back out there live, guys. Let's get back yeah. out there. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> see, see you all next rest. year. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> happy Christmas. Happy Christmas.